Hallelujah. Thank you, John. For the sake of the recording, it's the 29th of April. And we're just going to start a new series of talks called Living in Your Inheritance. Mm -hmm. Living in Your Inheritance. And it all starts... I mean, this has birthed itself out of the incredible gift for God so loved the world that he gave. And Jesus dying for us. The whole of this gospel story is fantastic. But the achievements that that are taking place and what Jesus has done is so much more than maybe we understand. Um... An inheritance is something people have when the person who's giving the gift of the inheritance perishes or dies. Or people tick all the boxes of the stipulations that they should do enable them to receive that inheritance. When Jesus died, he died as a lamb on the cross for the sin of the world. But in it, after Jesus breathed out his last and says, it is finished, into my hands I can your spirit. Really that's the end. And it's not if Tony just verbalised to me, it is just the beginning. Mm. Jesus was in the grave for three days and three nights. And then he rose again. You know, the disciples didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't know what was going on. What Jesus was mentioning it in his life, not loads, but we've got records, records of him saying something like in John 2, when they talked about killing Jesus, Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again. Then the Jews said, it's taken 46 years to build this temple. How can you do that? Mm-hmm. And we know Jesus wasn't talking about the physical temple, Solomon's temple. He was talking about his own body. There, in plain sight for people who had ears to hear and a heart to see, but they never did have that. It's all right for us. We can look back Mm. and see the fruition of that. And that's okay. But Jesus did so much more At 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 the last week in the meeting. We talked about how Mary ran to the tomb. And so it was empty. got the guys. And the guys were all taking it easy. Come on! The tomb's empty! Run into the, to the empty tomb. And they all had a look around. What's going on? Had no answers. And they went home. Yet the Mary come first and stayed. 
And when all the guys went, Mary stayed. And you can say that Mary was rewarded. Mm. You know, for us, when we go into Bible study or into prayer, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, that's a scripture. He's a rewarder of those who believe that He is. is And He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Well, Mary got a reward. Because he saw the garden and says, What's going on? Where have you put my Lord? <laughs> and then she said, He said, Mary. And he did, Wow. And she saw then through the eyes of faith. She saw then, like she never saw before. Yes. Jesus in a new, another body. Altogether different. But his spirit, his heart, she had touched him, touched her rather. And the first desire was to go, wow, come on. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, hang on. And he said something really powerful. Do not cling to me. John, uh, do not cling to me, John 20 verse 7. For I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I, ascend, I am ascending to my Father, to, to my God and your God. What do you think? Go and tell them. So back she went. I've seen him. And they're all doing whatever they're doing. Lounging. Playing games, eating olives, drinking wine. He's alive, he's risen, I've seen him. What? Come off it. He said, Don't touch me, I'm going to my God and your God, to my Father. I'm going to ascend. I wonder what Mary was thinking. The guys together, she's losing her mind. She's lost it. What's going on here? And yet there are really, really powerful thoughts of what was going to be taking place. Jesus rising from the dead. Right? In what he was doing... And we're going to be talking about this in a little bit more depth over the next couple of weeks. He was going to be initiating a new covenant. He was going to be defeating the enemy. He was going to purge the heavenly of holy of holies. He was going to receive his inheritance. He was going to become a mediator of a new covenant. He was going to start a new priesthood. And he's opened up a new way to God. All this was going to take place when Jesus took his blood into the heavenly holy of holies and put it under the brazen altar of the covenant of the holy of holies.
we'll go into this a little bit more like I said <clears throat> we'll start on the first part today as believers we've inherited to become a part of a new covenant what does that mean Sid? Jesus' blood was going to be poured onto this altar and it was going to be accepted and there would be an eternal covenant put in place. A covenant of peace that started when we hear when the angels turned up and spoke to the shepherds at his birth. But this was going to finish it and start and initiate it. A covenant of peace, an eternal one, a once and for all covenant for us. This is what it says in Hebrews. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, God is saying. You didn't have any pleasure in them. Which are offered according to the law. But then he said, and this is Jesus prophetically, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. He takes away the first covenant to establish the second. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once and for all. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know how far along you are grabbing hold of this and bringing it into a place of wisdom and understanding so you can follow the process of it all. But what took place and what we're going to hear about is so incredible mm. it's so foundational and it's just a, um, a springboard when you get the truth a springboard into living a daily life in Christ powerfully victorious I didn't say you're going to be perfect. I'm saying the truth in it is going to keep you out of condemnation, keep you out of guilt, right. and feeling sorry for yourselves because we don't, we can't get to the mark, and we can't. Mm -hmm. But it's not us having to do that anymore. We're not having to meet, reach the mark. Because Jesus already has. Hallelujah. Amen. I enjoyed saying that. Jesus has taken away the old covenant. Away. It's finished. It's been made obsolete. I think the new international version says that. The old has been made obsolete in Hebrews. And this has been, again, the Jews are still probably reading it today. And this is what it says in Jeremiah. You better not put this up, Richard, a little bit long. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 34, it says this. 
Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall any man teach his neighbour, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for I shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of the Lord, and what finishes with, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. Amen. Hallelujah. It's coming. It's coming. There's a new covenant coming. It's very important for us because there'll come a time when God is going to answer something for you. What I mean is, John said it's answered prayer, and it is. But there's a time when the manifestation comes. Yeah. When you haven't got to use this faith to see it because it, you can touch it. Yeah. You can see it. When it comes, don't preconceive what you think it's going to come and look like. Don't wrap it up in a wrapper that you think you can recognise. It'll come and don't have any preconceived ideas of why this is going to manifest in your life. Whatever they are, these promises you're asking for, but they'll come. And be ready to receive them. The Jews are still missing it because they think a king's going to come in the glory, mm. not in the stable. He's going to have majesty and glory, which he did, but not in the cow shed. Because they thought and got preconceived ideas the king is going to come and he's going to come like a king. <laughs> and it's so inside out and back to front the wisdom of God is. It really is. So as believers we have to move everything prior to the cross and filter them through get a lens filter it through the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus we take Old Testament truth and filter it through the lens of the crucifixion and the resurrection Okay, this in its Old Testament form has substance has importance but the way we get things is filtered through the resurrection and the new covenant. For example, the Ten Commandments and all the other laws within this book, in the five books of the law, are valid. The commandments are valid. Mm. They're okay. They work. But they can't make you righteous. Listen, hear that. 
the Ten Commandments are good for us to live morally, but they can't make you righteous. Sometimes you're going to be able to do it, sometimes you're not going to be able to do it. And when you don't, you're not failing. God's amazing. Because in, in this, the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, he created a whole system of dietary laws for Israel. Mm. He created a whole social system of the way people should behave in their behaviour relatively to one another. That's right. He behaved and created a whole system of things how it should work judiciously. And when people broke the law, what they needed to do? A whole range of, of, of laws and directions. But you know, every single tribe or people that's been around Israel and the Israelites in all their time of these 4,000 years the ites and the isms are not here anymore. They're gone. They're in a single tribe. It's just in the history books. Because the laws God did and put in place for the Israelites and so strict with them has kept them alive through the history. Phenomenal. We talked a few weeks ago about the blessings and the curses. Do you remember that? Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. The classic chapter for the blessings and the curses. And we go to the curses verse 15 it says this in Deuteronomy 28 verse 15 it says this I don't know if we're taking the product but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you that's what Now get Galatians 3.13 please. We're going to take that and look that through the lens of the cross, the death, the burial and the resurrection. And Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed you from the curse, from the law, having become a curse for us. Every curse that was, could be put on us through the curses of the law, through disobedience, Jesus has become it and took it. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the curse can't settle on us anymore, even when we're disobedient. That's right. When we're disobedient, or when we make mistakes, mm. we still reap what we sow. Yeah. Okay. We're still so deaf to ourselves. Mm. We don't get the benefit of it all. We're not hearing the Holy Spirit. 
We're not hiring the word. We need to be developing that. As New Testament, New Covenant believers, we need to be developing that relationship, sensitising ourselves to his voice, and honouring it and doing it. Things that we read, things that we're led by him to do. It's called relationship. Following the word and doing it and working it out in your daily life is called living in the spirit. So, there's a lot of things you can read in the Old Testament. Be careful to read them through the lens of new covenant teaching. The promises of God. And the Bible's loaded with promises for God for us. We've been talking briefly a little bit about them earlier. Well, I want to slightly go back a little bit. You know, church today mixes and matches. There's a great, I must understand, the, a, a church called the Potter's Hand. And I was out in King's Heath witnessing on Saturday. Great, nice PA system, good songs, good flyers. And to my understanding, they've got a reasonable doctrine. But they're mixing the old with the new. They're taking taking the promises of God, and then on the journey, I know, they're asking people who come to their church for the back details. Because then they say, you've got to give 10% of your money. Right? Frown all you like. God deserves 100% of our money. Not just 10% and settle down there. I've done my duty, thank you very much. Because that's not the case. And if you grumble at giving 10%, don't bother giving it. Give what you can take and give. But realistically, match that with what God gives. He deserves a lot much more. But mixing the old with the new. And Jesus said it himself. Mark 9, 16. Is also, sorry, it's not Mark 9. Uh, Mark 2, 21, please. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on, a, on an old garment. Or else new piece, the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. Luke 5.36, which Jesus saying the same thing in a different way. Then he spoke to parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. I used to have a serious pair of Levi's, man. <laughs> £3.75 they cost me. I sat in the bath and shrunk them. That's what you used to do. Sit in the bath and scrub them with a brush to get them a bit faded. I wore them till they was weared out. I didn't buy them ripped so that they can do them today. 
And then I put some new denim on it, trying to, because it was in there. But it didn't work. It's a whole different mix and match. You can't put new denim on old denim. You can't put, it just doesn't work. And like all that Jesus said, and this is exactly the same as when you mix old covenant with new covenant. It doesn't work. It's not acceptable to God. It's not acceptable. You can't live in grace and all in opposition to each other. It's impossible. The one denies the other and the one and it's in conflict all the time. It can't be done. And I'm being asked by the Holy Spirit here to say to you but it's definitely a heart issue. Because grace isn't there for you to abuse. Because God's not going to condemn you. You don't go and please yourself. You don't go and do the things you can do and stuff that and the other. You don't do that. Because God makes you righteous and that righteousness empowers you to do the right thing. Not to leave you free to walk through the wide door of pleasing yourself and be, you know, when we say that's the time, then I think about it a lot. We're not submarines that would deep and go unsubmerged in the water through the week and do what we want to do and be what we want to be. And then suddenly the stethoscope, the periscope comes up and we become the, the Hallelujah Hosanna brother or sister on a Sunday and it's all good. Do you know what I mean? God's so good. And then nine o'clock at night on a Sunday, well, down you go again <laughs> into the world and do all the. You're only going to mess your heart up when you do that. You can't, you can't possibly, if you think that you can do that in grace, you're being seriously deceived. It's impossible. You will not grow. You will not hear the Holy Spirit. And relationship will pass you by. But God's a God who's genuinely looking. He wants people who are worshipping in spirit and truth. From the inside out. Who want to give it him the integrity of their heart and he honours that and blesses it and pours oil onto it hallelujah same with the promises of God that we started talking about I want to just tie these all up in the Old Testament you see and just get an idea how we filter this stuff into a new covenant I just want to tell you some of you people haven't gone through the journey of being under Old Covenant law mm. and living a Christian life for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Okay. And, and that's right. Mm. All the more reason that we look to this, the sensitivity of being real and honest with God. 
promises of God are for us. In the old, in the old covenant, we had to earn them. You had to get yourself fixed and working. Hold on, you grip these commands, and you hold on for all your life because you dare not fail. Because you want the promises. I need this eternal life, Lord. I want to be be able to hear you. I've got to be sensitive. I've got to pray at least an hour a day because the book said so. And then we've said this. For a time, it's a hallelujah. You can do it. And then one day you're absolutely shattered and you're weak and you're confused and you're worn out because you've been trying so hard. And then you go, forget it, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I can think of a couple of people right now mm. whose minds have been broken through the pressure that the law puts on them. I passed Brendan the other day. Mm. I've never seen an afro like it in my life. Mm. It's enormous. And it's there because he's lost it's taken over by a spirit an unclean spirit that's lost him and he's a fog and a mist and confusion where the devil stole from him because of the pressure he was under trying to honour the covenant that he was in but the commandments and the laws like we read if you don't do these things, if you don't obey my command and follow this stuff, these curses will come on you. Well, who's going to want to curse? And you'll find all the way through the Old Testament, the Israelites, like we read earlier on, they made mass- massive mistakes all the time. They were stiff-necked people, that God calls them. Mm. And in order to keep them safe, we created a sacrificial system. So that God no, he couldn't they couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. So and all the other laws that Israel added to it. So they had to start getting animals and going to the priest and having the priests pour the blood of the animals onto the altar. Which is just a shadow of what took place in heaven. I spent a little bit more time than I wanted to, as you do. Because we're a part of a new covenant. New covenant. When Jesus comes back, and you're looking at me, and I'm seeing you, and we're walking down that road, (laughs) and we look. This is what Sid was on about. And I'm going to go, this is what I was on about. <laughs> and it's going to be better than I can put into words. Mm. And it's going to be better than you can understand it. So much better. But it's your inheritance. That's right. Amen. It's yours. Yours to do what you want and need to do. No excuses. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to understand more and more as we take you through what that blood was going to do on the altar why Jesus had to put blood on the altar in heaven to begin with 
why a priesthood had to be changed, what the connection is with a man who's mediating on my, for me on my behalf mm. before God. There's someone who knows you through and through, who's mediating for you before the Father. So when you blow, he's for you. He's for you. Hallelujah. If these filmmakers would write the films and put them like they are in the Word, mm -hmm. they'd be far better. There'd be more sci-fi in it. More reality. You wouldn't have angels running around like stone buildings. No. And God turned up as a little child, squeaking some commandments to. And then Moses started a terrorist outfit to go into the Egyptians and learn how to fight, you know what I mean? Jesus said to. I'm going to go to my God and your God. I've got to take my blood. The blood precious because there was no interference of any human in it. It was deity infused blood. It was pure beyond what we can imagine pure to be. And that blood was going to be his blood. Is going to be poured out to finalise the cleansing of heaven. I'm trying to stay you or get you to ask some questions because there was a war in heaven and Jesus' blood had to be poured out to bring purity and clarity. forever and it's where we can go and dwell and fellowship with God there's a government you know we're all going to vote for someone soon maybe but there's a government set in place going to rule around not for five years but for a thousand years and this government is being taught. There's a band aid. That's right. Yeah. That's what's going to be taking place. This is the rules that the, the this is the rules that the all the ambassadors mm. and the believers yeah. are going to follow as is directed by the angels as we command them to rule and reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the government called the church yeah. is going to reign with him for a thousand years. So we need to, because if you don't learn it here, <laughs> you don't take advantage of your righteousness here and get into God close, you know, close and personal. You're going to learn it there. I'm confident of that. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have to rule and to reign. It's right, yeah. Amen. Your, your eyes, that you, your, 
you're looking out of your windows for the eyes. Your spirit is speaking and looking through and looking at me. Them same eyes of your spirit are going to see him. They're going to see the glorious wonders of a new heaven and a new earth. Because you're eternal. Like we said at the beginning of the meeting, in the kingdom where there's no pain, no suffering, we're going to, we're, this is all ready for us, being set for us to inherit. Luke 17 11 says the kingdom of God is within us so all the law of that kingdom is in you already so you can close your eyes speak to dad in the the heavenly language if you want to and he'll take you to a place and you'll experience the atmosphere of that righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit tangible touching of spiritual stuff that will fill you up and put a big smile on your face and a big glow in your heart wow this is so incredible Mm. that's it right so you're thinking about it (laughs) and we're just getting a little drop that's right it's like we're running around it's dropping in us. I'm doing this. It's like a, this is taking place in me. But in my understanding, I imagine a big bowl of l- incredible life coming. And I'm running around trying to find where the drops are going. I get a little drop of the life of God in this bowl. I go, whoa! And it, it floors me because it's so incredibly lovely and wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We have to exercise our imagination. Yeah. Well, don't be stupid and go around doing funny things. I'm not saying that. It's, you know, enjoy your imagination. Sit on your chair in your bedroom, in your quiet room, quietly in front of the world. Not in the middle of the shopping. Uh, you know, not where you're going shopping or in the record shop or something. Or driving. Some women do that. <clears throat> That's another story. Father, I just thank you. Help us to enlarge the tents of our heart, the tent pegs of our heart. It can get bigger. Just have the capacity of the revelation of your love and grace to us and for us. That you provide an inheritance for us to receive. And you encourage us to take the whole of that inheritance and walk in it in a way that you can be displayed and glorified, that your power and authority will be manifest through us. Hallelujah. Not that we want any glory, we don't. What we do want to see is how plundered and the kingdom of God uh, exalted and that more than anything else, the king exalted. Jesus, you're wonderful. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're wonderful. And we love you in the best way we can with your love. And we receive your love into our lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the new covenant truth that you brought us into. Amen.
open word says the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. For you have come to bring life and life more abundantly. And we thank you for that abundant life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In the time ahead, in the days and weeks, the things we do, help us to be confident, contemplating your goodness and faithfulness, and know that you've got incredible things for us to see and experience on a daily basis. We give you praise and thanks. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.